Thank you for listening to a podcast of Rock Church. For more information on sermons and events, connect with us online at rockchurchnow.com or search Rock Church Now in the App Store. Can we just give it up for Alex? Yeah! And give God some praise for his new life in Christ. I know from personal experience that sitting in front of a camera confessing your sins and your struggles, knowing that they're going to be shared with all of you publicly, it takes a a great amount of courage. So thank you, Alex, for your vulnerability. It definitely requires a willingness um, to share like that, to be broken by God and used in whatever way that he chooses. But Alex is not alone in his struggles, is he? But... He was just humble and courageous enough to share them, to confess them with God, to God, and to others so that he could receive the healing and the freedom that Christ has for him. So you see, because we are all descendants of Adam and Eve, we're all born into sin, and we will all experience brokenness in life, every single one of us. But sadly, the church is rarely the first place that broken people go to find healing. And even sadder, it's rarely the place that Christians go to find healing. Many Christians today are still living, hiding secret sin, denying their brokenness, and looking to the world to heal them. The Lord's will is not for us as his born-again, spirit-filled, adopted sons and daughters to continue wandering around in this world, lost and living the same way that the rest of the world does. His will for us is not for us to isolate ourselves and, and strive to manage our sin in our own strength. Jesus came to fulfill the law and the Father's will to establish a new covenant a new relationship so that we can all experience a new life in Christ. And we can all access that new life in his scriptures. The word of God is life, and it's the answer to everything about life in Christ. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we'll get there shortly. Um, But I, like Alex... Uh, and the rest of you and the rest of the world also have experienced some brokenness in life. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Bree, and I also have a new life in Christ. I'm recovered from past sexual abuse, anger, and not trusting God. Today, I'm still struggling with body image, emotional eating, and control. And much more. So the Apostle Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18, that therefore, if anyone is in Christ, in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come, and all this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So if we choose to live our lives in Christ, we become a brand new creation. When a lost soul places their faith in Jesus, repents from their sin, asks for forgiveness, and confesses Jesus as Lord, they get a new spirit, a brand new spirit. The spirit of the living God then comes to dwell in them. This is what the scripture tells us is what happens when we become born again. So with that new birth, it's a new spiritual birth that takes place, and we then become that brand new creation. Is that not incredible? A brand new life. He gives us a brand new life. So no longer are we led by our old pride, the old spirit of rebellion or disobedience, greediness, self-indulgence, impurity, and blindness of heart. We no longer have to identify with that old man because we now have a new identity in Christ Jesus. The old is dead and gone. Our minds have been renewed and we are reconciled to God. And then we can truly begin to understand that we are created to be like Christ in true righteousness and holiness. 
no longer captives to our sin, living in bondage, wandering around without purpose, and separated from God and his truth. So John 8, 31 and 32 says, to the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said this, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So basically Jesus is saying that we can believe in him, but until we abide in his word and obey his teachings, we won't truly know him. When we learn what Jesus said and what Jesus did and what Jesus taught, and then we do what Jesus says to do, then we will truly be his disciples. We will know the truth and the truth will set us free from not just the penalty of sin, but also the power of sin. So true freedom and that new creation life that Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians only comes to us through the truth. And then it's that same truth that set us free that also keeps us free. So unfortunately, many Christians continue believing the lies of the enemy because they don't know the truth. They never really truly walk in that new creation reality because their hearts are still rooted in that old man the old sins, the old lies, and the old pain of their past. So listen, friends, Jesus offers discipleship to us. He offers healing, and he offers freedom to all who believe in him. But Jesus says that if we are to consider ourselves truly his disciples, we will hold to his teachings. True disciples of Jesus, they long to have an intimate relationship with their heavenly Father, Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit that dwells within them. But if we are not abiding in him and in his word, our human strength and our human intellect, it's the best shot we got at holding to his word or his teachings. So to abide in, it means that we dwell in him. It means we live in him. We give the Holy Spirit, the one who inspired the Holy Scriptures, the freedom to teach us that word, and then we let him lead us and empower us to walk according to it. You see, he never intended us to strive to live that righteous and holy life in our own strength. When we truly live in him, then we no longer have to live in that pride and performance and perfectionism. If we want to have hearts that are fully devoted to Christ, then we will dwell in him and in him alone. We'll guard our hearts from sin and we'll guard our tongues from speaking evil or agreeing with lies and we will refuse to allow anything other than Christ to dwell in our hearts. So in 2019, I shared some personal burdens and some dreams that the Lord had laid on my heart with our lead pastor. And he nonchalantly makes a suggestion that I connect with Tim McNulty. At the time in my journey with Jesus, um, I was filled with pride and anger, fear, insecurity, rebellion. Those were just a few of the things that were dwelling in my heart other than Jesus. And I was blind to it. Pastor, he probably recognized some of it, which may or may not have prompted his suggestion that I connect with him. Idols like comfort and security, approval of man, those were like death to my soul, and they were choking out the new life that I had access to in Christ. But I had no idea at that point in my walk, I'd been walking with Jesus for, I don't know, six or seven years, I think, at that point, that he still had more healing for me, that he still had more freedom for me, and he still had more life for me that I had yet to encounter. So at that time, um, I ended up connecting with Tim. He was leading Celebrate Recovery here at Rock Church, and he was preparing to launch a small uh, pilot group for New Life, the ministry. And to this day, I can still remember the conversation. We sat uh, in the cafe area, and I listened to Tim share the dream that the Lord had placed on his heart. And he was filled with a passion and an excitement to see that dream fulfilled. And that passion inspired me. 
He expressed that this new ministry was not just your average recovery program, but it was a 12-step discipleship program that consisted of a large group where there would be biblical teachings and testimonies that, were, that would offer healing and recovery and freedom in Christ. And it was for men and women. And then after large group, the men and the women, they would go into small group. And in those small groups, they wouldn't be... Um, partnered based on their sin struggles, but they, um, they would be grouped uh, according to um, just however the Lord led that group to be designed because the focus would not be on behavior modification, but rather the issues, the underlying issues of our hearts. So the 12 steps were designed to help men and women to gain insight into their struggles, to expose the root of sin and any thoughts, attitudes, actions, or behaviors of that old man that they're still walking in. It'll help them to develop repentance plans. What does it look like to turn away from that and to turn towards God, to make peace with others, and then also to handle conflict biblically, biblically. So after hearing Tim passionately share, I was eager to learn more and I was very expectant for what the Lord was going to do in and through his obedience. And so one step at a time, with the support of his wife, Pastor Delane, uh, and a blessing and encouragement from our pastor, Tim began to chase after that dream. So Amanda talked earlier about authenticity being one of our values, but courage is also one of our values. And... I can say honestly, like, no fluff is really necessary for this because it's true, but I consider myself to be extremely blessed to serve alongside our pastor and Kimmy, other pastors, Tim, and many other courageous men and women who chased after the dreams that God had planted in their heart. Church, who we circle up with, it matters. It matters 100%. If Pastor and Kimmy would not have given the Lord their yes and planted Rock Church, and if Tim and Delane had not answered the Lord's call to start this, this ministry, I wouldn't be standing here today telling you that it truly is possible to live the new creation life that we read about in the scriptures. And I can assure you that chasing dangerous dreams will transform lives and advance the kingdom of God. And so it's not for the faint of heart. The preparation that it took and the journey will come with opposition. It will come with opposition and it will come with obstacles. The enemy will lie and deceive and attempt to cause doubt and fear and insecurity. Yet in spite of all the enemy's schemes to steal, kill, and destroy... We've continued to witness the sovereign hand of God blessing Rock Church and this New Life ministry through his word and this ministry for over four years now. So after a quick video, Tim McNulty, our New Life director, he's going to come and he's going to share just a bit about his personal journey to healing and freedom in Christ, as well as how the Lord is using New Life, the ministry, to help hundreds of others to walk in the reality of their new lives in Christ. Check this Hi, I'm Brandy. Hi, my name is Andrew. My name is Lindsay. Hi, I'm Rob. I have a new life in Christ. I have a new life in Christ. And I'm recovering from alcoholism. My own marital infidelity. Anxiety. Anger. Overspending. Shame from my divorce. Addiction to pornography. Codependency. And I'm recovering from homosexuality. Past sexual abuse. And fear of abandonment. Hi, my name is Scott. And my name is Teresa. I have a new life in Christ and I'm recovering from depression. Bitterness from unforgiveness. Guilt and shame from past abortion. Disordered eating. Drug addiction. Lust. Pride. Finding my significance and what I think people think of me. Overeating. Insecurity. Selfishness. Not trusting God. And shame. Before I came to recovery, my life was hopeless. Full of secrets. Controlled by bitterness and anger. It was a lie. My life was defined by my sin. My marriage was falling apart. I was tired, exhausted from losing the battle against my struggle with sin. My life was a disaster. Unmanageable. Full of chaos. Isolated. Self-centered. And had lost my way. I just didn't like the way that God had made me. Really just struggled with what people thought about me. My life is all about controlling others so that I couldn't be rejected. I sought pleasure in all the things that the world had to offer. Uh, and uh, all those things left me empty. 
before I came to recovery. My life was unmanageable and out of control. It was a bottle of insecurity. Filled with frustration, anger, and bitterness towards my husband. Way too focused on me, what I want, and what I think. I wasn't ready to give up and surrender what I'd worked so hard to control. And I couldn't figure out why I wasn't finding any healing. My first night at recovery, I felt like I was unredeemable. I thought, how is this going to help me? No one could really understand how I felt. Terrified that I'd have to figure out how to live life sober. Completely defeated. I didn't want to see anybody, talk to anybody, have anybody acknowledge I was here. I wanted to end really quickly. I felt weak, numb, dirty, like I had a spotlight on me. But I was amazed by everyone's courage. I felt a glimmer of hope because I knew I was among some other broken people. And I didn't have to hide my junk any longer. I was desperate for help. I didn't care what people thought anymore. I just wanted to be well. I shared things that I thought I would never tell anybody. I felt encouragement. Like there was hope. Relieved. I started to believe. I started to believe a new life was possible. When I heard story after story after story of how Christ showed up and changed everything. When I actually was able to forgive my husband. When I realized I was not alone in my struggles. But when I could see that my sin could be forgiven. Well, when I heard about God's grace. I started to believe that a new life was possible. When I acted in obedience to Christ and shared what had been done to me. When I saw God changing the lives of the other women in the group. When I realized how much I'd allowed my sin to define every single decision and behavior in my life. Well, when I realized that God loved me no matter what I had done. People didn't run screaming from the room, they put their arm around me and they walked with me through that part of the journey. When I heard that it wasn't about what I had done, but what Christ had done for me. When I realized that I didn't have to gain the approval of anyone, that God had already chosen me and he wasn't unaware of my struggles or my past. Because of Christ. Because of Christ. I now have joy. My life is now free from self-harm, peaceful, filled with hope. And meaningful. And I'm able to share that with people. Because of Christ, my life is now completely changed. Just because I know that God loves me, regardless of what I do. My marriage is thriving. My life is no longer determined by circumstances. I'm free from the pain of the past. Free of the bondage of my addiction. I find my joy and my worth in Jesus Christ. There are times when I still struggle, but I have a group of men behind me that spur me on and encourage me. If I could tell you one thing. One thing. One thing. If I could tell you one thing tonight. It would be this. You are not alone. God loves you and he has plans for you. You haven't done anything that God cannot forgive. And that if he could save a wretch like me, he could save you too. Don't let fear hold you back from experiencing the freedom that Christ has for you. This is a safe place to work through the pain of your past. You're in the right place. And I'm so excited for you. Don't give up. Be here every time you can. It is worth your time. And be fully committed. His grace is sufficient. So bring him all of your struggles. There's recovery in Christ when life is broken because you matter to God. God loves you. Wow. Participants, remember those feelings? Wasn't that the biggest lie? That we don't want to be known. We're going to be crushed if people know who I really am. That's the biggest lie that the enemy has out there, man. Well, thank you, Bree. Uh, I'm almost, where's my wife? She's over here today. Getting all emotional over there, and I hope I don't <laughs> tear her up today. <laughs> But it's been amazing, but thank you, Bree, for that, because uh, we are definitely put on the front lines of God's change in people's lives. And I didn't have a clue that that was going to happen. I was sharing uh, this morning in pre-service prayer, God has a sense of humor. All I wanted to do was quit drinking. June 17, 1995, God, take this alcohol out of my life. This isn't me. I didn't want to go through all the things that I went through. I don't like being up here doing this stuff. But God has a plan and a purpose for every one of you. You just need to step out and trust him. And he will take you where you don't want to go. But I learned... Where I don't want to go is usually where the Holy Spirit is, so. My name is Tim. I have a new life in Christ, and I'm recovering from alcohol, body image, and fear of man. And I want to describe what that, what that looks like. Alcohol is obvious. You can see all the destruction, the damage alcohol does in, in relationships, emotionally, spiritually. People can see when I was a drunk. They knew I needed help. 
But in recovery, <laughs> the body image, you really can't see it other than I'm, I'm getting a little larger, but I can cover that up. So you don't see the roll, <laughs> the lump, the things that make me uncomfortable because I want you to see the best of me. So I cover it. Just like my sin, I hide it. I cover it. Fear of man. This is a fear of man for me because I, I want you guys to get what I'm saying. I'm not sure I'll be able to put that across. But fear of getting in front of people was huge. But the biggest fear of man that kept me in bondage is I was afraid. I had more fear of you and what you would think of me if I told you my sin and my struggle than God. And that kept me in bondage for a long, long time. But I'm not happy with the way I look, so I cover it up. I'm afraid of what you guys will think of me, so I don't share it. Can anyone relate to that? There's got to be people in here that can relate to that. In Matthew 9, 12, Jesus said it is not healthy, the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I just want to add to that this morning, because in 13, man, fear man, for I have come to call sinners, not those who think they are already good enough, and that's me covering it up, want you to know or think that I'm good enough. Christ isn't here for the people that got it all together. Christ is here for the broken the hurt, the wounded, the abused, the perfectionist, all that stuff. So what areas in your life are you not well? This passage tells us that Jesus came for the sick. And don't think as sick is like a physical thing. Because we can admit, man, I got a cold today. Oh, man, I got a headache. Oh, I got the flu. Think as sick as your sin, your struggle. It might be somebody else's sin that was done to you, that you're hiding, that you've covered up. If you brought your Bibles, you can go to chapter 5. There's a story in there. We won't read it, but I'll, I'll describe it. And as Pastor Bree mentioned, it is sad today that the church isn't the first place that people run to for help. It's not even the first place, like she said, Christians run to for help. Because we got to put up that, that facade, that mask that, I'm okay. I'm okay. I, I don't have nothing going on here. This should be the place where we're open with our struggles. But unfortunately, when we do that, we kind of get shunned away. But not here at Rock Church. We want you to share your struggles so we can welcome you, hug you, get you back restored with Christ. We're not going to punish you. We're not going to make you feel less than. So my question is, do you, want to get, do you want to get well? In John 5, 1 through 15, there's a, there's a story about a pool in Jerusalem. It's called the Bethesda Pool. And daily, people, the lame, the sick, the wounded, the broken, they'd get around the edges of this pool and they'd wait. And it says in the only version I've seen it, it was King James, but an angel would come and stir up the waters. But they would wait for these waters to be stirred up. And once the waters are stirred up, the first ones in would get healed. But there's this one guy that's been there for a long time. And that's the one I want to make comparisons to us, to this man. In verse 5, it says there was a man who had been going to that pool for a very long time. The Bible says he has been sick for 38 years. Anybody have something happen to you in childhood? You might be 40, 50 years old and you're still carrying that? Never shared it with nobody? The first step to freedom is to admit your struggle. God gives grace in moments of honesty and brokenness. He's not concerned about your failure. God is pursuing you and wants you to turn to him for help. The reality is God is after your heart. These two scriptures in Psalms and James, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. He's with you. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. In John 5, 6, when Jesus saw the man lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time. See, Jesus knows. Jesus knows even our sin to people. He knows. 
He knows your struggle. He knows what you're going through. Jesus said to him, do you want to get well? And the man said, I can't, sir. And started giving excuses of why he can't get well. But he sat at this pool. Says he's been sick for 38 years. I don't know how long he sat at this pool. And the comparison here is what excuses are you giving yourself that you have to stay with what you're going through, what's been done to you, what you're sinning with, what your struggle is, what your anger issues are, what your control issues are. How long have you been living with it? How long have you been hiding it? Have you told yourself that your sin or the sin done to you, you're taking that thing to the grave? We call that our 2%. If we, that's right, Kim, that's good. If we can get our 2% out, freedom will begin. That's, that's the key, your 2% that you're not going to ever tell anybody. We can be near a place, let me back up. God made the church the place for the broken to come and receive new life. And we can be near a place of healing, a pool, Change the pool to the church. We can be near the church. We can come weekly to the church, yet still live in sin. The church can offer a recovery ministry, yet still live in sin. The pool could be the altar. We, we offer this every Sunday. Are you, are you still sitting out there, or are you going to step in? Are you going to be maybe be the first, first to get up here so Christ can heal you? Who knows? But we give excuses why God can't. Maybe fear of man. Maybe afraid of what others will think. Pride. Maybe when you hear it's a year-long ministry, I don't have time for that. I can't commit to that. The excuse the man at the pool told Jesus in verse 7 was, I can't, sir, for I have no one to help me into the pool. Sin isolates you. Pulls you out of community. Proverbs 18.1 says, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. So when I'm alone, when I'm idle, that's idle time. (laughs) Sins can go rampant when I'm alone. God is capable of freeing you, but you may not want to be healed. You become comfortable in your sin. You say, man, it's just me today. You accept it, it's just part of who you are. The big thing that I learned in New Life the four years, I didn't understand that I managed sin. It's not that bad. Look at all the stuff I Christ got rid of. This isn't that bad. I don't know, I can tell you, Bob, I can manage this. I just won't do it anymore. And then I do it. But I still don't tell nobody. I didn't realize I was a manager of sin. And then you begin to believe you're all alone, like this guy at the pool. No one struggles like you. In new life, you will immediately find a supportive community. The man at the pool had no one to help him because he was not in community. He did not circle up. God works through his word, his spirit, and his people. In new life, we learn to live in community, to be vulnerable with one another, and live authentically. When we become vulnerable... With others about the brokenness in our life, we find that we are not alone and others can relate to us. That is the most cool thing to watch in small group. When vulnerability and authenticity starts, one guy will start it, and then the Holy Spirit will pull it out of this one and this one, and then we're all looking at each other, why did we wait so long to do this? As others are authentic about their own recovery, we gain hope and begin to change too. Authenticity is one of Rock Church's eight core values. Authenticity breeds authenticity, and we don't play church here. Your first night in new life, you will know you are not alone anymore. That lie from the devil will be smashed, and it will be smashed every time you come back to new life. You're not alone. When we share our lives together, these are two quotes from our groundwork book. When we share our lives together, God uses his work in each of us to change one another. So God uses his word, his spirit, his people. You can be used 
by God to change somebody else's life by coming and sharing your struggle. God brings hope, encouragement, strength, and comfort when we allow ourselves to be known and become willing to know others. 2 Corinthians 1.4 says, He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. And this is a scripture we give our small group leaders. We don't have letters after our names. We're not professionals. But we've been changed by God. We've been comforted by God. So we're just going to point you to the one who can do all that. We might not do it perfect all the time. We might upset some people. Because, again, we're not professionals. But we know who can change you. And we're going to direct you to him. Right now, you might be thinking, is this ministry for me? If you are thinking you have no struggles, we can help you. (laughs) We have a list of 100 plus struggles out there at our table. Please, don't let the enemy say, I can't let anybody know I'm struggling. Go out there, feel free. It's a buffet, man. Just take any struggle that you want. It gives good biblical direction. It gives next steps. And there'll be people out there from New Life to talk with you. But you will be amazed when you scan this list and realize what you have been carrying or have stuffed for years. This list is not meant to condemn you. The more honest you can be to checking these things off, the healthier you're going to get and the better your walk with Christ is going to get. Your healing process can only begin when you admit something is broken. The more honest you are with yourself, the healthier you will become. In verse 8, we see that Jesus healed the lame man. When you truly encounter Jesus, you will never be the same. And you're going to see a lot of people wearing shirts that say never be the same. When you truly encounter Jesus, you will never, never be the same. New Life has a powerful curriculum, but it is Jesus that changes, redeems, and restores. Bold devotion to Christ is a solution to your brokenness. And that takes commitment, that takes time. New life is a ministry. New life, the ministry, is just a tool. Jesus is a change agent. The healing pool of Bethesda was a tool. New life curriculum is a tool. But Jesus is the one who changes. We point you to Christ. The curriculum is daily. This is where it gets daunting. And Lori, one of our leaders, said she wants to come up with a mug well, it was, now I'm forgetting. I suffered, I survived new life. Because it, it, it can be, you have to make time for God. It's daily, the curriculum is daily. You need to make time to know God if you want to be healed. There's application, there's five days of lessons, the sixth day is review, the seventh day is a Sabbath. And we start on Monday, and the Sabbath day is here, Sunday, so it, it works out. Pre-service prayer, I mean, it all fits together. It's soaked with scripture, plus one foundation verse per step and two memory verses per step. We have the steps out there if you want to look at them. The cool thing is by getting so much scripture and having to memorize them, if you're not reading the Bible, if you're not reading God's word, you're never going to recognize his voice in all the clatter of the world. So if you're reading his word, you're memorizing scripture, you're talking with others, you're going to hear his voice over that clatter. And I just want to leave you with this. Uh, Do you want to know what the will of God is? This thing kind of blew my mind. Do you truly want to know what the will of God is for you? There are three things. There's justification, sanctification, and salvation. But First Thessalonians 4.3 says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification. Justification and salvation is what Christ did for us. We are justified and free from the penalty of sin and are made righteous in God's sight and experience salvation. However, many of us skip sanctification. We call that fire insurance, meaning you don't accept Christ to get, or you accept Christ to get into heaven, but you don't change the way you are living. 
So what is sanctification? These are things that are some things that are sanctification. Sanctification is a work Jesus does in us. We need Jesus to work in our character, remove sin, and our struggles. Anybody that's been a Christian for a while ever worked on your character? Sanctification is allowing Jesus to take things out of your life. That might be a sin. It might just be an unhealthy thing. But are you willing to let Christ and the Holy Spirit examine your heart to remove those things? Sanctification can be painful and time-consuming. Let the Holy Spirit, these are things that can be time-consuming. Letting the Holy Spirit examine your heart, confess your sins, repent, and we learned a new life, at least I learned, I know we all learned, I would repent and turn, but that's all I did. Today, I repent, I turn, and I pursue God. Because when I just repented and turned, they're still out there. <laughs> I can get that my flesh wants. So when I repent and turn and I pursue God, I remain in freedom. I pick up, you got to pick up your cross daily and crucify your flesh. And it might be recommended to do that in the morning before you leave the house. Make amends to relationships your sin has damaged and extend forgiveness to others for their sin. Abide with God daily, which Bree retouched on, Pastor Bree and build an intimate relationship with God. If you don't let Jesus prune you, you will miss the beauty and depth of sanctification. You can let the world prune you or Jesus. I've been pruned by the world and it's all short-term stuff. It doesn't lead to anything. Pleasures are turn into pain. Jesus' is pruning is long-term there actually is beauty in that. I got that from Pastor Angelo. Beauty and sanctification? Yes, because you're working with him. You're struggling with him. You're having a relationship with him, and you're going through it with him. So there's beauty in that. Trust God's recovery plan. This might offend some. Not yours, because it's not working. <laughs> All of us that have commenced from new life the past four years are not perfect or sinless. We're not saying that we're never going to sin again but we do sin less. If you really want to be free from your struggles, God can begin that process today. New life is for everyone, no matter who you are, what you've done, or what you are struggling with. Join others who have had their lives renewed by Christ. God loves you. He wants to heal you and has a plan for you. Thanks so much, Tim. Um, gosh, that, there's just so many nuggets of, of wisdom in that message. But the part where you talked about the man at the pool not circling up, that really stuck out to me because it, it painted a, like a visual picture in my mind of this man alone and isolated without community for 38 years without community. And it really just was a reminder to me that there are people either lying alone outside of our circles or even in our circles that are just as desperate for healing as this man was and just as desperate for Christian community. And we don't want to miss those people. Those people might be sitting next to you every single Sunday. It might be in your life groups, and they might even be serving faithfully for 38 years at the church. So when Pastor encouraged us all of 2023 to circle up, it's not just, I'm, yes, it's for us. We want to grow. There's growth and there's maturity in that. But there's also other lives that are going to be impacted when we choose to circle up greatly impacted, and I know some of them personally. Um, Emma, she is a 2023 graduate, and just like Alex, she is here. She's willing and courageous, and she's going to share her testimony about how circling up in 2023 has helped her to experience her new life in Christ. Welcome, Emma. 
Um, hi, my name is Emma, and I have a new life in Christ. I'm recovering from anxiety, control, and approval of others. Before new life and recovery in Christ, I thought I was doing a fine job of managing my own life, but really I was crumbling. Plagued by intense anxiety, I struggled to feel secure in any area of my life, from my relationship, my family, my schooling, etc. For as long as I can remember, I have dealt with anxiety, but it didn't ever seem to control my life in a significant way until my senior year of high school. In the midst of COVID, it felt like my life was being ripped right out from underneath me. Everything that was important to my 18-year-old self felt like it was being taken away from me. On top of that, there was a looming fear and instability within school, the community, and seemingly the whole world. Everything fell out of control. During this time, I also experienced depressive thoughts that burdened me greatly. I became recluse to my room. And what felt like my new normal was alarming to my family. And after some hard conversations, I decided it was time to start getting some counseling. Counseling did help in allowing me to express and name the ways that I was feeling. However, as I unraveled these current situations, more things came bubbling to the surface that I was not equipped to handle. This caused me to spiral into a state of feeling like I had to take control of my own life or it would take control of me. A new fire was lit underneath me that was unhealthily fueled by peer pressure and an impossible need to fit in. I began partying with other people in my grade and drinking as a means to feel more in control of my circumstances and how people perceived me. I desperately wanted to be liked and for the first time in my life, not be considered a goody-goody. I wanted to be able to mess up and make poor decisions like everyone else could and not be under the pressure of worrying if I would disappoint my parents or God. For once, I didn't want to feel like my performance was what made people like me or care about me. I wanted to be able to live and be a normal teenager. Unfortunately, these decisions did not make me feel more in control of my life or less anxious. It actually amplified these feelings. And it also didn't make me more liked by my peers, as many of them actually mentioned that they didn't like this version of myself I was projecting. I felt as though I really couldn't win. Though I had claimed myself to be a Christian and had known God my whole life, I felt much more comfortable living with one foot in the world. I struggled to understand that Jesus wanted a personal relationship with me. And I convinced myself I was in control of my sinful nature as long as I didn't cross certain lines. I took advantage of the grace that God gave me by sinning first and then knowing he would be faithful to forgive me. By this point, my anxiety was at an all-time high. I struggled to even leave my house, and I was completely paralyzed by fear. My life did not look like I had hoped for it to look like in my early adult years, and I knew something had to change. I was looking in all the wrong places for something to fill me. I needed something constant and steady. I needed Jesus. Amen. After attending Rock Church for about a year and beginning to restore my relationship with Jesus, I decided to sign up for New Life. In all honesty, I didn't even really know what the program was. Something in me just felt like whatever it was, I needed it. So I signed up. My first night at New Life was nerve-wracking. I felt as though I was one of the youngest people there and that I didn't have enough life experience to truly need recovery. I was scared that I wouldn't be taken seriously. After our first session, I was stuck feeling almost like I had two people on my shoulders telling me different things. One said, wow, these people are really messed up and you don't need this. <laughs> and the other said, wow, you are really messed up and you need this. Yeah. <laughs> um, I listened to the latter. I continued coming each week and began to find my place within the program. I was constantly encouraged by my group leaders that I was meant to be there. And God revealed that again and again. In our little circle, I shared some of the deepest and most private things I swore I would never tell anyone. And to my surprise, no one judged or treated me differently. They listened with intention, they took me at my word, and they met me exactly where I was. I didn't have to perform and save face. I could be fully me, fully broken, and fully loved. God revealed to me in step four, inventory, that much of my sin pattern was rooted in fear. Fear of being unliked, fear of disappointing others, fear of abandonment and rejection. 
He also revealed to me that I was carrying a lot of resentments in my heart that were keeping me from fully trusting and surrendering to him. I found encouragement in Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I finally surrendered. I proclaim Jesus as Lord of my life and received salvation at an altar call on April 2nd, 2023, and was baptized on April 30th, 2023. <laughs> Throughout the duration of the program, God continued to plant seeds of change in my life. He allowed for me to make much needed changes in my life and amends with those who I had harmed with my sinful actions. The Lord showed me that my performance was not what mattered to him. My heart did. He also convicted me by showing me that I had lived my life in a way that feared man more than I feared him. Proverbs 3, 7 says, be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. And Proverbs 9, 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The Lord broke my heart for what breaks his, my sin. After new life, I am not fixed. It was quickly revealed to me that there is no such thing as a quick fix to a sin problem because a sin problem is a heart problem. I still fall short and sin, but the Lord has changed my heart. I no longer believe that I have to perform and be inauthentic for the sake of others' approval of me because my creator approves of me. I trust that God is in control of my life and even when I can't understand what he is doing, I can trust that all things are being worked out for good. The Lord has blessed me with better relationships and a healthier mindset. And when I am feeling anxious, I lean onto God and his word for comfort and stability. The Lord convicted me to notice that I would not find my worth in a party or drinking or what my peers thought of me. Just before starting new life, I made the decision to stop drinking alcohol completely. While I never struggled with an addiction to alcohol, I was tired of using it as a means to be liked or to fit in with my friends or with my family just to be left feeling anxious, empty, and guilty. Without new life, I never would have been able to remain faithful to my commitment to sobriety, and I am thankful to God for blessing me with 450 days of sobriety. I am now rooted in Jesus and stand on the foundation of what he thinks of me. I no longer seek the approval of others as a means to tell me my worth. I am less anxious and trust the Lord's plan for my life and I understand that I'm unable to control what will happen to me, but I can control how I react and honor God through it. If I could leave you with one thing, it's this. If you feel a tug in your heart that you might need this, you do. New life is for everyone and recovery is for everyone. Do not listen to the lies of the enemy that tell you your problems are too small or that you know better than God. God wants you to experience full recovery and reconciliation with him just like I have. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 18, the step 12 foundation verse reads, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. All of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. I hope you can find comfort in these words. Hi, my name is Emma and I have a new life in Christ. I'm in recovery for anxiety, control, and approval of others. To God be all the glory. Thank you. At this time, I'd like to invite the rest of our graduates from the class of 2023 New Life to join us up here. Um, Emma, I just have to say that watching you pursue Jesus this past year um, and watching just him transform your life has, has really brought me great joy. So when I was asking the Lord um, just for some closing encouragements for all of these men and women, I came across Psalm 126, verse 5 and 6, which reads, Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. 
And those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. And I know from personal experience and from hearing so many of their testimonies that the men and the women that you see standing up here today, that they did not get here without some seasons of suffering and from sowing some tears. I'm certain that there were many days that they wanted to quit, not just new life, but not life in general. They didn't know how they were going to get here just one more Monday night. But by the grace of God, here they stand. They completed that 12-step discipleship program. They survived new life, like Lori said. Lives have been changed, and Jesus is being glorified. And in the process of sowing, it can be difficult and exhausting and downright painful sometimes. But when you look at this, the pain is quickly forgotten. Um, you forget because now you can experience the indescribable joy of a harvest of souls that are now walking in their new creation life in Christ. So if you, if you have completed new life in past years, at this time I'd like to invite um, all new life alumni to come and join us on either side of the altar here. Um, we're going to worship in just a bit, but I just have some, some final words and some next steps for everyone. For graduates and the alumni that are up here, now what? Now what? Now's not the time that we're going to sit back and we're going to relax and we're going to settle into the pew because you guys finished 12 steps, right? And some of you have previously finished those steps. Pastor Angelo, next week on Sunday, is going to be revealing our new theme for 2024. But the strategy still remains the same. We're still circling up in 2024. We still need you and you and you to circle up in 2024. These guys have just learned that they are ambassadors for Christ. They are ambassadors for Christ. We are all ambassadors for Christ. He's not only given us a new life in him, but he's also given us the ministry of reconciliation, which means we all have work to do. We all have work to do. And the ministry that we have been given is vital and it's urgent. It, God is not just suggesting that we circle up to serve on a team. It's, it's an obligation that we have. It's a call of duty to serve God and others because we now, if we are in Christ, we have a restored relationship with God the Father because of our faith in Christ the Son. And that duty is to serve God and to share that message of reconciliation with others. So if you're unsure of what he's calling you to next, I encourage you all to join us for a time of corporate prayer and fasting on Tuesday, like Pastor Delane said, not Monday. Graduates, congratulations once again. You guys can go ahead now at this time. You can exit and you can join the rest of the alumni at the altar. In just a bit, Pastor's going to come and close us out in prayer. But whether you're with us in person today or online, the question for you is what does your new life in Christ look like? What are your struggles? I encourage you to consider that question and ask the Lord to reveal to you where your heart is prone to wander and what part of that old man are you still keeping alive. Maybe you're already aware of your struggles and you don't need that sheet out there that Tim was telling you about. Then the question for you is, do you want to be made well? Can you relate to that man at the pool? Are you in need of healing? Have you been in that same condition for years and years? Jesus sees you, and he came to make you whole. Jesus didn't condemn the man at the pool for his brokenness, and he's not condemning any of these guys or you for yours. He didn't say to the man, just stop whining. Don't you know that there's others out there that have worse conditions than yours? Many of you know the story of the woman at the well, and he didn't say to her, well, you should have just made better choices. Probably shouldn't have slept around with all those men, right? He asked the man, do you want to be made well? And he said to the woman, if you knew me and asked me, 
I would have given you living water. Jesus gave both the man and the woman an invitation to receive healing. And he's extending that same invitation to you today. He knows we're broken and he knows that broken people don't just need another meeting, another program, another religious checklist. He knows they don't need just another Christian telling them what they need to stop doing. He's not saying to you, just stop drinking, stop watching porn, stop lashing out in anger at your family. He is extending to you an invitation for you to come to him to be made whole. So what are your next steps? Maybe you've already heard from the Lord and you know that your next steps are right outside those doors to sign up for new life. It starts on February 5th. If you're viewing online and you want to sign up, you can do that also at rockchurchnow.com. You can click on next steps and then go to join a life group. Maybe you've been watching church online and a 12-step discipleship program sounds a little intimidating to you. Maybe your next step is to just come to church on a Sunday, maybe theme reveal next Sunday, and see where the Lord leads you. Maybe you're so grateful that someone provided you childcare so that you could find healing and freedom in Christ and you want to repay that favor to someone else in the same way to a new life participant in 2024. I don't know what your next steps should be, but I do know the one who does. And his name is Jesus. The man at the pool, he didn't find healing in perfect pastors, perfect leaders, mentors, or curriculum. All of those things will fall short. The man found healing in a perfect savior and victory in obedience. He was healed because he got up. He got up and he did what Jesus told him to do. So that's my encouragement for you today. Let him direct you in your next steps. Trust me, Jesus can lead you better than you can, better than I can, better than Tim can, better than Pastor can. Sorry, Pastor, but... (laughs) Better than all of us put together. Let him lead you. He will not lead you astray. We believe here at Rock Church, we have a dream where we can be a place where the broken are made whole. And we're doing that. We're doing that. We want to continue to do that. So if something was shared here today that helped you to recognize that you're broken and you're in need of healing, don't leave here today without taking that next step towards the healer. Put that old life, that old pain, the old shame, the old guilt behind you and make 2024 the year that you can say, I have a new life in Christ. Thank you. Nothing really to add to that other than stand up. Circle up. And sign up. (laughs) This altar is going to be open. When I say amen, if you need prayer for anything, you can join those who have participated in a new life and just going after God and worshiping him a little bit. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your grace, your power. It enables us to be overcomers. We're all broken. We all need healing. The only difference is some of us could admit it and step out and allow you to be the healer that you are. So, Spirit of God, we're asking you right now to, first of all, speak to hearts right now. Encourage people to have courage to become part of something that the Holy Spirit's using to heal broken hearts, to heal addictions, to set people free. God, I pray right now for that person who is questioning whether or not they should become part of something like this. Would you speak truth to them right now and let them know how much healing is in your word and how much healing is in Christian community and how you use worship and the word together to heal broken hearts. Father, thank you for those who have sacrificed to lead this ministry, to guide others, to mentor others, because they too are a part of an incredible, incredible calling and an incredible dream 
to see the broken made whole. Father, we ask it all in the powerful, mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody said, this altar is open. That concludes this week's podcast. To stay up to date with all things Rock Church, you can find us on Facebook and on Instagram as Rock Church MI.